This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, welcome to Voice of Change here on Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. with myself, Lauren Jacobs. It has been such a great day today and I hope that you've had a wonderful day as well. I hope that you are well and blessed. You know, we are seeing so many things happening in the world right now and sometimes it can be very, very hard to see things like the violence that we have been seeing in Mozambique like the violence that we are seeing in Burma, in Myanmar. It is so incredible to sit and to witness these things and to think, God, what is my role in all of this? Sometimes we sit in, you know, our worlds and our homes and we think that our prayers are just maybe not enough or our hopes are not good enough or they'll never be realized. But today on the show, I really, really want to take you into the situation that's happening in Burma. We have been seeing the international media have been covering somewhat of the situation in Burma. But in February this year, I shared with you, Gina Gott was on the show from ICC and we were talking about the coup that happened that week in Burma, where we saw a military regime be just put out there. We have seen democracy fall there. We saw the leaders of the opposition party arrested or some of them even fleeing. And we saw that the military grabbed control of Burma and took over the reins. And we have now been seeing weeks later the international community saying look these things happening in Burma that are quite intense we have seen hundreds of people killed as they have been protesting the government we have seen thousands upon thousands of people displaced at this time people fleeing into the jungle people fleeing from the cities and we have to go today to a little bit of the front lines to find out what is really happening and that is the purpose of what we're going to be doing today here on Voice of Change it is always about knowing what is going on and knowing what God is saying at this time. And so I'm really, really, really looking forward to the show because I'm going to be joined by David from Free Burma Rangers. And Free Burma Rangers is actually a multi-ethnic humanitarian service movement that works to bring hope and help and love to people in conflict areas of Burma, Iraq and Sudan. And they work alongside indigenous pro-democracy groups. FBR, Free Burma Rangers, trains supplies and coordinates different ranger teams to help provide emergency medical care shelter food clothing human rights documentation gives reliefs and really really helps and i want to tell you something about david and his family he is working on the front lines him and his team also his wife his children and they are doing incredible work there david has been involved in the battle of mosul in iraq and He's going to be sharing with us as well things that he learned while facing ISIS face to face right in front of him. Things that God has been saying to him and lessons that he has learned. And as an ex-US military soldier, he knows deeply what it's like to face battles on the front line, to, you know, face what it feels like to want revenge, what justice looks like, what he has learned about justice, mercy. And all of these truths and as him and his team and his family work on the front lines out in Burma, it is going to be something that we will behold as we witness the things that he says to us today 
of the atrocities that are happening, but also of knowing what has God called all of us to do in this time. And so you don't want to go anywhere because Voice of Change is going to be an incredible blessing to us today. So stay tuned. David is with us after this. David, I want to say thank you for being with me here today on Voice of Change and to be talking about Burma, to be talking about what's happening as well as, you know, not only what is happening, but what is God doing? What is God saying? So firstly, before we get into that today, Thank you again for your time, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Lauren, and thank you, South Africa and Springboks. <laughs> you know, the Springboks is so incredible. I think it's like a national heritage. And I think, oh, yes, no, we are the current Rugby World Cup champions at the moment still. So we won That's last awesome. time. So <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Thank God. I love it. It is so, so incredible. And it's actually incredible the testimonies that have come out about what happened during the Rugby World Cup, you know, with our team and uh, everything like that. Just, but that's such a completely different topic. We actually spoke about it on the show in January and it was so incredible. But you know what? Today I know we're going to be talking about Burma. And I know that we have begun to hear and see that there is a lot happening on the ground in Burma and I've just reflected this week on that image that we have been seeing actually it was you know on social media of that nun just kneeling down and hearing her story as well what's been happening but actually there's been violence been happening in Burma for quite some time before the news has actually been telling us what's happening and so what exactly are we seeing in Burma what have you been experiencing can you share with us, you know, what exactly is going on? Well, we have a war going on, and this war, as you touched on, has been going on for years, 72 years of war in Burma between different ethnic groups and the central government, which has been ruled by a sixth of mm. brutal dictators. Now, relatively recently, about five, six years ago, the dictators allowed uh, a sharing of power and an election, and a group called the National League for Democracy, led by a Nobel Peace Prize winner, Aung San Suu Kyi, mm. won, and were able to have a little bit of sharing of power, and things got a little bit better in Burma. And even though the fighting did not stop amongst other ethnic groups, there were some ceasefires. But on February the 2nd, this year, 2021, the Burma military got tired of sharing its power, mm. and tired of sharing its country with different ethnic groups that they had ceasefires with. So they arrested Aung San Suu Kyi and all the leaders of the National League for Democracy that they could, many fled, and they shut the country down, took complete control, and then increased their attacks against the ethnics. Right now, as you have almost 800 men, women, and children shot in the streets as they protested against this, we have 24,000 newly displaced people in northern Karen State, which is one of the ethnic places of Burma, that alone. We have over 5,000 newly displaced people in Kachin State. That's far northern Burma. That's on top of the 100,000 already displaced there. And then when you look at western Burma, where a Muslim minority called the Rohingya, over a million of them have been driven out in successive waves into Bangladesh. They're still there. And so the country is at a at an increased level of warfare and chaos and brutality. And the Burma government is now going house to house, arresting anyone they think is against them, hmm. torturing them and killing them in, in prisons. And the bodies then are dumped out in the street in plastic. And other people are, have, have just disappeared. We don't know if they're alive or dead. They're still 
being held. And they put out a new law, for example, you can't have any guests at your house without government permission. This is to stop people from having sheltering people from outside the city or moving around. So it's very become very draconian place to live right now. And we are in the Karen state, which is eastern Burma right now. I'm talking to you. And we've been involved in Burma for 28 years using the name of Free Burma Rangers for 25 years. We didn't have a name before that. We just tried to serve Hmm. God and help people. But we turned into what we call the Free Burma Rangers in response to the attack of the Burma military way back in 1997, which continues to now. And our mission is to give help. That's mostly food, medicine, and shelter. Hope, remind them God Mm-hmm. Um, loves them and hasn't forgotten them and love to be with them even if we're out of medicine or goods to give them we'll stand with you and encourage them to call on Jesus name you know Burma is comprised of many faiths mostly Buddhist. the free mm-hmm. Burma Rangers that's us we're not a religious organization you can believe in anything you want as yeah. long as you're doing this for love and you can't run if people can't run and you have to be able to read and write in some language to do medicine and reporting I myself try to follow Jesus. Most of our leadership are Jesus followers, but you don't have to be. Mm. And what we do want is stand with the people in love and point to Jesus, because that's the only power I know on earth to change my heart. Mm. And the only power on earth that helps me not seek revenge when revenge looks like justice. Mm. And he's taught me the difference, which is love. And to stand with the people. You know, I was in, we, our family just went to South Africa once in 2002. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful country and like mm-hmm. i said i've always admired the rugby team i played rugby in college not at near the quality <laughs> of south african rugby but we tried and i met the south african rugby team right mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. they were allowed to play again after they did their first tour to america i met them in the streets of new york by accident wow. and they got off the bus in all their gold and green uniform and i looked at them and i yelled loud you know in a crowded street spring box and they all got in like a defensive <laughs> position like they thought i was some crazy american gonna attack them and i just ran up to them and hugged them and i got mm. some hats and little whatever spring things and i thought they're my heroes yeah. so anyway um i don't know how, to, how did i get onto that but oh we were in south africa <laughs> yeah. and for a prayer conference and i remember in that prayer conference there was a pastor and a uh, black african pastor from the congo and he was talking to this group. We're from all over the world. And he said, you know what happens when the rebels come to the village? You know who the first people to leave are? The missionaries. Wow. And then the government leaves. And then only we are there and the rebels come. Where are the Livingston? And I remember talking to him and I said, well, we have that rule. You can't run if people can't run. You just can't. And Usually it's not that dramatic. Everybody, you know, moms are already running when the first round hits a kilometer away. And so usually there's very few last stands. But Mm -hmm. it's that feeling that everybody's important. If you go to help them, you can't leave them. And Mm -hmm. so that's, I remember that pastor, which incidentally, he's the same pastor that when I went to ask for special prayer, he told me of all the torture he'd gone on under in a South African prison Wow! when he, he wasn't part of the ANC, but he was on the wrong side mm. and he was tortured by, by white jailers. Mm. And now he's sitting there next to a white guy crying 
mm. talking about how Jesus helped him forgive. And then he's counseling me. And the Holy Spirit was there so much that sins in my life, I could confess to him. And I promised to him I would never do those things again. And I never have since, since wow. 2002. Wow. And that's what a powerful place. Mm. So anyways, those are my experiences of South Africa mm. um, that have helped shape how we live now. Wow. That's so powerful to me and so, so, so incredibly special because, again, like you said earlier on, you know, revenge is not justice. Justice is not revenge. And sometimes people get the two mixed up. And sometimes, I guess, sometimes in that human emotion, people see a lot of bad things happening or, you know, they see all these realities and they think, well, you know, it's an eye for an eye type thing. If I get revenge on the people that have hurt me, that would be justice. And I think that in some way people believe that. Even if we look at what's happening in Mozambique, I don't know how closely you follow that as well, but yep. it's something that we've seen on our border of our country. And it is so incredibly difficult to think and see what is happening people have been circulating videos i'm not watching those videos because i do understand that they're very very brutal and it, it just the things that's happening is so violent and again people would think well you know maybe there's some kind of vengeance that needs to happen or revenge how do we how do we deal with those things and that's a question that i'm actually going to ask you because obviously you've been in burma for such a long time and again like you've explained to us there has been a war that's been going on for decades and decades and and it's so incredible, you know, to live in that environment and to see so many different things. You know, what does God really say in that situation? You, what has been your experience? Yes. You know, how do we combat the things that we see, especially in a war, you know, where we see people being killed, where it's innocent people's lives. It could be children. It could be so many of these things. How do we deal with those emotions? How do we deal with what we understand as humans to be correct and not correct? Well, I, you know, back to about dealing with those emotions. I remember the saying, we're all tested in life, but not in the way we want to be. Mm. And when we are tested in ways that we're good at, we usually come out pretty, pretty fair. Mm. But the real tests of life aren't in the things we're good at. The real tests of life are in the things that we're weak at. And I found that in those areas, at least for me, Without God's help, without someone else helping me, I'm going to fail those tests, hmm. whether people know it or saw the test or not. And so when we face those tests in life, I believe only the supernatural power of Jesus helps you pass that test. Or when you fail it, it helps you acknowledge your failure, ask forgiveness, and try again with his help. And one of those areas, you know, I've never really hated anyone in my life. I've been angry plenty of times, but I never really hated anybody. And um, in the Battle of Mosul, because we, we, we work in Burma, but in 2015, we were invited to take our team from Burma to uh, Kurdistan, northern Iraq, and help the mm. Kurds and Yazidis who were under attack by ISIS. Yeah. And then later, we were with the Iraqi army in the Battle of Mosul. So the, the work in Burma continued. It never stopped. And so I'd go from a training of new teams in Burma, and they'd go on the missions, and I'd be on maybe a month or two with them, and I'd go spend the rest of the year in Iraq with the Iraqi army. Um, giving medical support, spiritual help, and with my, my teams from Burma because they're amazing medics. And, they, and they, we don't have a, a normal rule that says you can't go to dangerous places. You go anywhere that people go. And most of my guys were ex-soldiers, so they were used to it. And I remember when we first got to Iraq, the Iraqi general said, 
oh, I prayed to God that he would send help to save my country from ISIS. And look what he sent, the two worst things, an American Christian. And that's me. And American, we're an enemy of Iraq. But at the end of the, the time together, he said, thank you for showing us what it means to follow Jesus. As Muslims, I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know Americans mm. believed in God anymore. And so we became very mm. close. And some of our Iraqi soldier friends became followers of Jesus. And mm. amazing. And we're close with the Muslims and the Christians there. But in the middle of that battle, we, we experienced a lot of death and dying and many kids shot that we tried to save and couldn't. And um, I was wounded four different times. One of my wow. team members was killed and three others wounded. And so we, we had, and then 30 of my Iraqi friends were killed. Mm. So we were in the middle of that. And, and, and I cried many times, you know, not in the middle of a firefight, but yeah. afterwards when you're like, oh my gosh, I, I miss this person. I'll never see him again on this mm. earth. And so, um, but I remembered what a professor at seminary told me when, when I left the military and went to the U.S. military before this work, you can live well with sorrow. You can't live well with shame because sorrow oh, wow. is about love. And Jesus wept. And we're, we're going to miss our loved ones, whether it's a one day separation or it's eternity. I mean, or it's the life on this earth is over and it's not till eternity you see them. You're going to miss them, but it's okay. That's love. And you can cry and still enjoy a meal. You can cry and still love someone else. And so sorrow is nothing to really escape. I think over time, um, we have some healing from it, but, in the, mm. but some things won't really heal till we get to heaven, but it's okay. We can be healthy with those, mm. but shame we cannot live well with. And so, or hatred. Yeah. So anyways, in the Battle of Mosul, um, at one point we liberated, we were part of liberating a village and these little kids came out and this one little girl in particular kind of became my little friend holding, maybe a three or four year old holding on my pant leg and asking for chocolate. And I liked her and I had this instant mm. connection with her. And then um, later, she was dead by ISIS right mm -hmm. in front of me. And I, something inside me just snapped. And I remember I turned to Monkey. He's from Burma. His nickname is Monkey. He's ethnic Karen. Mm -hmm. And I said, Monkey, that's it. I'm going to kill every single ISIS I find until I'm dead or they're all dead. That's justice. Yeah. You don't kill kids like cold blooded. Yeah. <clears throat> and isn't that justice? And he said, I don't know. Let's pray. So I prayed and I, and I went to bed and when I went to bed that night, I was with the Iraqi army in a blown up house. And I said, God, show me the truth of what happened today. And I went mm -hmm. to sleep the next morning. I woke up at five, getting ready to roll in the battle again. And I opened my Kindle up and I randomly touched three different parts of the Bible on my Kindle. And every place that I randomly touched had this, these words, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And suddenly it dawned on me what I was calling justice was revenge because there was no love in it. There was no love in it. And justice belongs to humans. We are commanded to do justice, but yeah. vengeance belongs to God. So what's the difference? It's love. And so when someone's hurt you badly and you want justice, but you've been hurt bad and you don't love them, it's not really justice you want. It's revenge. You want to crush them. You mm. want to make them pay. But if you loved them, you would still want to make them pay. But you want to make them learn. You want to make them better. And you want them to love you and you love them. You want to come through it. Mm. And so the punishment for them becomes very different than one born of hate. It comes out 
how can I make help you not do this again? How can we can make this better for my own heart? How can you and I come out better for this? And they may mean an instant forgiveness. It may mean a year in jail. I don't know yeah. what it means, but you'll you'll feel what it means. It'll be love. But mm-hmm. when you're like been hurt and you go, you're going to pay, that's hate. And that's revenge. And one thing is it's less likely that person will change. It's less likely real justice will be done in terms of their punishment. And it's certain you you will be changed for worse. Mm-hmm. And Satan will have a hold of your heart. And whatever happens to that other person, you're going to be slowly destroyed yourself by that hate. Not them. Yeah. And so it's wicked. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like you reap what you sow. So when you sow out hatred in the middle of revenge, calling it justice, it won't be one little piece of hate that comes back. It'll come back tenfold. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when you sow out love as, part of, as real justice, it's going to come back more than that one event. It'll be everywhere and you'll be free. And if the perpetrator... Um, doesn't agree and decides they won't take any of your love or justice, okay, that's sad. But you can live with sadness. But yeah. you're free. Yeah. And so I learned that. And when I said, Jesus, revenge, I give up. Um, I, I said, forgive me. As soon as I said those words, it was like a 2,000-pound weight went off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And it was a 2,000-pound weight I did not know I carried. And normally when I sin, of any kind of sin, I kind of feel it coming or, I, or soon after I, I, I know yeah. I'm wrong. But this sin, I had no idea I carried. I had no idea I was mm. carrying 2,000 pounds. Mm. What an insidious, crippling sin. Like you wouldn't see it, right? It would take a long time yeah. to your slowly twisted. And I thought, it probably goes like this. First you hate ISIS. Mm. And then you hate other people. And then you might hate your friends. And then you might hate your family. Then you might hate yourself. It's mm. over. And yeah. that's Satan. Because Satan wants everybody to lose. Mm. But when I said, Jesus, forgive me. It was gone in an instant. It was like surgery. That's mm. the Jesus we serve. He's supernatural. It's not It's not a theory or a philosophy or a good way to live. It's the supernatural way that he p- fixes you when you can't fix yourself. Mm. And This is something we need today. This is something that we need today because we've seen so much happen in the world. You know, we've seen like we've been talking about Burma. We've been talking about, you know, Mozambique. But we see a lot that's happening in the States now at the same time at the U.S. in the U.S. And we've seen this whole reality of people saying a lot about, you know, justice. But a lot of times it looks like revenge. And a lot of times it's looking like that and it just becomes that snowball. And we know that obviously this is the effect of sin and different kinds of sin and different people who are participating. But it, it is such an important reality that you're sharing with us today because this is something that we need to learn for ourselves. And I want to keep you know, talking about this when we get back, but we're going to go to a quick music break. I know that my listeners probably are thinking, do we have to go to a music break right now? But we're going to go to a really quick music break. We want you to enjoy some music. And David is still going to be with me after this. So don't go anywhere. If you're just joining me, welcome to Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. And today, David is with me from Free Burma Rangers. If you just joined us, welcome to the show. We are talking about what is happening in Burma, but we've also been talking a lot about what we can actually take away, you know, from all of these different experiences. And David, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, when we were talking about what has been happening in Burma and what exactly you guys have also been doing there, 
I want to know, you know, has it been quite tough? We know that we are seeing increased violence, like you've said as well, you know, the army going door to door. There's a lot of things that are happening. We are seeing so many thousands of people being displaced, people being killed. So, David, I really wanted to know from you, you know, we see exactly this. We see this war that's been happening in Burma for such a long time, many, many decades. But we see this increase in what's happening over the last few months. We have seen such violence. We've seen thousands of people displaced. We've seen so much reality that's facing us now that we're beginning to ask ourselves, what is actually the solution? Is there hope? Do people have this hope in Burma that some solution is going to come? We know a lot of people talk about, you know, putting pressure on the international community to get involved and to put pressure on, you know, the Burmese government that now is this army and this dictatorship. But Really, I don't know if that's the answer. What is it that this hope is? How can things turn around? Is there a sense of, you know, what the solution could be? Well, the solution is love and obedience to God and service to each other. How you get there, that's the hard part. And Hmm. I wanted to follow up with the whole um reality of Jesus power to help us forgive and 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 work for justice and without mercy there's no justice because all of us are sinners mm. and there's love. and when we don't have it he gives it to us if we're willing I think that's that's the most important thing at the same time we're told to work for justice so that means you have to stand against injustice so it's not just when we were in the Battle of Mosul against ISIS, I forgave them. I lost all my hate of them. I really did. That was a supernatural miracle. Mm. I went into battle that next day with the Iraqi army. We're providing medical care. And we provide medical care to shot soldiers. And we help um, civilians who, were, who just broke free from ISIS treat their wounds, feed them, whatever. And my wife and kids were there. My daughter was driving the armored ambulance back and forth. And my wife mm. was helping take care of people. And I was at the front. Well... I went to battle the next day thinking, I don't have to shoot anybody. I don't have to get any more ISIS. I only have to be an ambassador of Jesus. That's all I got to do. And God will tell me what to do. But later on in the battle, while I was with the Iraqi army, um, many times ISIS would just run you with suicide vests on shooting people. And I, a few times, well, many times, I fought back. And people say, how did you fight back and not hate them? I didn't hate them. Yeah. But I remember praying and thinking, what do I do? Do I just let them kill everybody and then kill me? It, they have no purpose except killing until they're killed. You can just see it in their eyes. I mean, I yeah. fought one guy two meters from me, looking eyeball to eyeball, sheer hate. Hmm. Alu Akbar, God is great. And, and I shot him. And so for dear listeners, you might just turn off the radio now or think this guy's an idiot. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I am telling you the truth. Hmm. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you that my experience. Yeah. And I had, I can break down my experiences of following God in the in, in the Battle of Mosul in three short events. And one time we were hard hit and I asked God what to do. And he said, do your best. I was clear as a bell. And I went and I stopped, I stopped these guys. There was three of them. Another time I asked God, what, and he said, run. And I ran by myself and I got away. Another time I was with an angry mob and he said, go be my ambassador. I got on my knees and I said, you can kill me. I'll give my life for those others. And they didn't kill me. So the point of those three stories to me is not a policy. It's mm-hmm. a relationship with God saying, God, at this moment, what do I do? 
David went out and fought Goliath and killed him. But he didn't do that every time to everybody. Yeah. Gideon didn't have the battle, his battle that way, but once. Jericho only happened once that way. So we don't know. But mm. the point I'm adding this backside, which is, you know, not very nice, is it's reality. Mm. And I, I do believe, believe, not know, that there are times you stand up against evil, and which may mean you fight too. Mm. But I've done it. I fought without hating. And there's a huge difference. That also means as soon as the fight stops, you can have mercy and, and bless the people. Yeah. And because we're, we're all sinners. That even when you're fighting for a just cause, sinner. Mm. And but and I think the most important thing about all that to me is what's your role? What does Jesus ask you to do? And for some people, it'll be march unarmed into it. For others, it'll be armed. But you will know them by their love. So mm. I wanted to say that. And because whether it's in South Africa or America, when you have injustice, you've got to face it. But it's how are you facing it? Right mm. now in Burma, we're facing it. We've got a, a military regime shooting down people in the streets. There was a 17-year-old girl who was just walking by. She gets injured. They arrest her, take mm. her to jail and rape her, beat her up. Imagine that your daughter. Mm. And then they dump her out in the street. Who's going to pay for that? Yeah. Who's going to, what's that girl? You know, it's horrible. And in my own self, I want to kill all of them. I mean, kill them. I'm not talking about hypothetically. I'm talking about shoot them in the head. Yeah. And that's how I feel. And but I was I was talking to a bunch of young people from the cities that fled to the jungle where we are, and we're we're giving them right now. Mm. And our training consists of this: number one, love God, call on Jesus' name, see what happens. Number two, love each other. Number three, don't give up. And then we're giving them medical training and communications training and how to survive, you know, kind of like urban warfare, how to not get killed, running around when you're not armed mm. in the streets. But I tell them the only way. If it's your small hate against the government's big hate, you're going you're gonna to lose fast. Mm. And if it's your big hate against their big hate, it'll go slow and you'll all be destroyed. But if it's your little bit of obedience to God's big love, it will beat that hate. And so you can approach the Burma military with this, with two hands. One hand, you say, I love you. I will always love you. We need the military. We need the police. Mm. And I'm not any better than you. And... For those crimes that I saw, I forgive you. And I forgive you, but, you know, it's God that really has to forgive you. But he will. He loves you. Let's work together to make a new country. Join us. And on the other hand, you say, but because you so much and because I love me and my friends, I won't say the way you're doing it's okay. And I'll stand against it. Hmm. And so you're you have these two messages at the same time. And it may cost you your life or Hmm. theirs. I don't know because you don't know. Every event's different. But you're walking in his spirit and you go forward and say, I'm a sinner. It's not my cause of democracy is better than your cause of dictatorship. No, it's just human causes. Mm. But I know the way of love will equal the way of justice. And this, sir, is not the way of love. I can feel it. That little girl was raped. This kid was shot. It doesn't work. And you policemen get rocks thrown at you. That's not love from us either. So we're going to love you and forgive you and please forgive us. At the same time, we're not going to let you or us do things that aren't just. Mm. And... Now, now, how they respond to that, usually they shoot at you and you've got to yeah. run away. And so I don't know what's going to happen next. But my hope is that and my prayer is that more and more people in the cities unite with the ethnic people mm. and pray mm. for change in the dictators and invite the military to join them. And whenever they have to stand and defend their villages when they can, usually they have yeah. to run away. And keep doing that and don't give up. You don't have to win any battles. Just don't lose. Just mm. don't give up. Just keep surviving. Keep praying. 
And my prayer is that the dictators will have a change of heart or turn against themselves or they'll crumble Mm. because their way is not sustainable. And I have no proof that will happen. That's my prayer and hope. And I wanted to ask you, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot of from my side, I've been speaking to a lot of people and had someone on the show from International Christian Concern that was also talking about, you know, what's happening in Burma. And a lot of people are saying, okay, what can we do? And the answer really that I get is, please, we need people, Christians, international community to pray. And so is that something that we could take on board today as we are listening to you speaking? You know, we need to get serious about this this reality of praying. Sometimes we go, oh, we're going to pray for that. Or you know how it is, you know, oh, we're going to pray for this one. And then people end up forgetting. But is that something that, you know, the Christian community should do right now? Because sometimes people feel a little bit helpless. They're like, well, we see this happening in Burma and it, it's really impacting our hearts. But Really, we don't know how to, we don't know how to help. We don't know who to help. Should it be that we should join you guys in actually praying because we need to be doing that as an international universal church? I, yeah, I would love it. I think the first thing to pray is, dear God, what do you want me to do about Mm -hmm. this thing? And sometimes God will say, nothing, just pray and move on. Someone else is doing it. I got something else for you. But you first ask, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to pray? And then he'll show you. If you just stop and listen, he'll show you how to pray. Hmm. And and if he tells you to pray, then please pray. And pray in Jesus' powerful name. You know, when when Jesus taught the disciples, how do we pray? He taught them the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. And there's a part in there that says, um, deliver us from evil. Well, one of the translations, deliver us from the evil one. A very personal evil of Satan that wants to destroy us. Pray against him in Jesus' name. We can't fight him in our strength. Mm. But there is the power of God working through prayer. That's one of God's means of communication. And it's Mm. one of the ways he does things, whether we like it or not. And we pray and don't give up. And there's many lessons in the Bible about praying and not giving up. Why? I don't know. Mm. I just, I mean, I, I I don't know so many things, but I, I feel like the, one of the disciples, when Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? Because where would you, I go? You have the words of life. Mm-hmm. So regardless of things I don't understand, and my own personal disappointments and my own questions of God and, and problems of suffering and injustice and horrible things that happen to people or myself, I finally have nowhere to turn but him. Nothing else works. And also I believe this. Nothing eternally precious is eternally lost. So whatever you're going to lose in this world, and we're going to finally lose everything Mm. except our spirits, if it's really precious, don't worry about it. You're going to see it again. You're going to see it again. Mm. And so I think with that perspective, we can go in and pray knowing God's going to do something through our prayers. We don't know what it is. And then as you pray, he may ask you to do something, whether it has to do in this case with Burma or not. We don't know. But he may ask you to do something yourself. He may ask you to go volunteer time, give Mm. money. Talk to your representative in government. I don't know. Or has nothing to do with the thing you're praying about. Go say sorry to your wife or husband. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But it'll be doing what God needs done with his servants who are willing to do it. And when we're willing to do things, God, he can use all of us to do things we can't do alone. And so when you, you talked about prayer, if anybody feels led to pray for us, we love it. We need prayer for protection. Because we're chickens and we don't want to, 
and not just we're chickens. It's actually there's big lions out there for us chickens. You know, yeah. if it was just a little lizard, we're okay. There's lions out there. Yeah. And um, and they're bigger than us. Mm. And and also we need prayer to not sin. And when we do sin, recognize it and be forgiven. We need prayer to have wisdom. What is our part, Lord? When you see suffering around you, what's your part? Mm. And for humility, and purity, and for His power, and that what we do would lead others to want to follow Jesus. And so those are my prayers um, hmm. for for ourselves and my request for prayers of anyone who feels led to pray. Hmm. David, I want to say thank you so much for sharing with us today and for also answering so many of the questions that I had today, but also for sharing with us so much that we can take away for our own spiritual walk and our own spiritual self. And, you know, before we end off today, I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for the things that you have asked for, because I think that as, you know, believers, brothers and sisters in in Christ, we need to be praying for one another. And I want to invite the listeners who are listening to, you know, just join in with this prayer and just just pray for the people of Burma as well and David I would just love to to lift you and your family up as well today and so Abba Father we just want to say thank you so so much I want to say thank you so so much for for David's life today Father specifically for his life and for the life of his family for the lives of his children for the lives of the people working alongside him and Father I want to pray today that you will keep his heart pure Father and that you will continue to purify his heart Father as he takes a stand for you in a jungle Father in a warfare situation that Father you will keep his heart purified that you will keep him strong Father we pray for humility we pray for comfort we pray for provision father i pray that whomever he puts his hand upon father whether it's just to encourage whether it's for healing whether it's for physical help father that there will be a powerful moving through him father that a healing will come to that person's life father supernaturally spiritually physically whatever it may be in that person's soul that father you will give him the words of life moving through him as well that abba father you will give him those words that he will be able to speak to refresh you know the souls and the spirits of people i'm reminded of your scripture father that's that says that you give us words that sustain the weary. And Father, I pray that you will give David the words that will sustain the weary. I pray, Father, as well today for such deep wisdom for him and for his team. Father, I pray for that wisdom to just be moving, a manifold wisdom. And I also pray that they will be protected in every single way, protected from the enemy in the natural and in the spiritual realm. And I pray, Father, that they will not be led into temptation, but delivered from all evil. Father, we thank you that yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever and we thank you that you are moving in the situation that you are working even though to us right now father even from the outside it seems such a hopeless situation we pray for hope we pray for everything that you want to do we know that you have such a heart for burma and for the people of burma as well and i pray for your hand to move and we pray this in the mighty name of our savior and our messiah today jesus christ amen amen Thank you so much. It's such Lauren, a pleasure. And let me know what happens in South Africa. Well, I definitely will. And the next time we win the rugby yet again, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> David, thank you so much for being on Voice of Change. And again, we are going to continue to pray for you and also for everything that's happening there. So take care and go well and be blessed. Thank you. And if you've written any books or your mom or your grandmother written any books, let me know. Or Hi. anybody in your family. I'd be or, or, or recommend me a good book to read about South Africa. Oh, no, I definitely will. Let me let me cast my mind over onto that. <laughs> okay. Take care. All right.
God bless you. It's incredible to always hear perspective. And I love to hear perspective because oftentimes when we are faced with, you know, news articles that we find online or even in our local newspaper, we're hearing the stories that come to us. We are hearing them and we are seeing them. And sometimes it can be really, really hard to hear and see those stories. But to hear from someone like David, who has been in many, many battles and has worked with so many people, to be hearing not only what's been happening in Burma, but in the lives of the people of God out there, it is so incredible. And I really, really don't feel as though there's much that I want to say to end off the show, because I feel that there's so much that we can take away from. And I also know that one of the biggest lessons that I think I take away from today is that when we pray, it's really, really about hearing what does God want you to do in the situation? And I think that that applies to not only all of our fights against injustice, against the things that we see even here in South Africa, fights against gender-based violence, rape, crime, and victimization of people, where we see all these atrocities, whether it be corruption, whether it be things that we hear that's hard to deal with. My challenge has been, and I want to leave this with you as well as I take it away with myself, is that what is it that we need to be doing? And when we pray, let us, each of us, ask God, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? When I pray for Burma, I ask, Abba Father, what is it that you want me to do in this situation? Am I supposed to help somewhere or do something? Am I just supposed to pray? And then wait, and then like David said, maybe God will say, just pray now. We pray, and he says, okay, let's move on. Someone else is doing it. And I think that that's the beauty when we come to God about anything. You know, we don't have to feel like we have to carry the weight and the burden. It's not us that's praying alone. You know, when Paul went on all of his missionary trips, he took so many people with him. He called people co-workers because he believed in a collaborative ministry of us all working together. And I want to encourage you today. Sometimes we can want to pray for Burma. And when we pray, we must just listen what God wants us to do. If he calls you to intercede for the next year for that country and those people, then you do that. If he says to you, no, I've got someone else doing it, then go with his shalom to know that he's got this. And also pray and do the thing that God is calling you to do. And let that apply to everything in your life, everything that you pray for, whether it's your work situation, your families, a problem maybe with your colleagues or your siblings or a loss that you've encountered. May God lead you. May he guide you. And may he always tell you what to do. And I just want to say as I end a voice of change today, don't forget our family in Burma. I really do believe that they need prayer. Pray for the free Burma Rangers. Pray for them and their families. Pray for the people that they are reaching. And pray for the normal civilians, everyday civilians, who are losing loved ones and who are in the fight. Let's keep them in our prayers. As much as what, you know, we are praying for our family, let's keep our spiritual family in prayer. It's been so good to be with you today. And I've loved being on Voice of Change. May we continue to be the light and may we continue to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. See you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.